0: irreverent entertaining cool
1: you're listening to la talk radio
2: you're listening to it's complicated with jennifer golden and lauren leonelli
1: only on la talk radio
2: Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated.
0: The struggle is real when you're dating in the city.
2: I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. Yes, you are. Today, (laughs) we have our resident relationship expert and author calling in to dish on dating apps and what it means to be ready for a relationship. Most humans have the same goal, to find companionship. Mm -hmm. Whether that means serial dating, long-term relationship seekers, or hopeless romantics, like probably me and Lauren, uh, that are looking to get married and start families. Everyone wants to find someone to fill, fill that need for a partner in crime. We know we can relate when Sex in the City's Charlotte York says, I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he?
0: Where is he? Oh. Well, nowadays it seems like people all over the world are looking to find their Mr. or Mrs. right or right now. And they're doing it on dating apps. We talk about dating apps every single show. We feature a dating app, as I'm sure you've all heard, and we've been on a lot of them. So basically, we're professional daters or dating appers, maybe. <laughs> and we want to ask Dr. Karen what she thinks about this new form of meeting people and if she thinks there's things that work and don't work in this new dating trend. And, you know, maybe how we can swipe our way to Mr. Right. Get it? Swipe right? See what I did there? Yeah. I got it, and I thought
2: that was real funny.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So, guys, we recently read an article that actually tells us about what the perfect age is to get married. Um, We talk about, you know, how we're thriving in our 30s. And this article supports the idea that... The best comes to those who wait. However, it also cites, well, we're going to get actually to, you know, how the best comes to those who wait. But first, the article says that a study suggests that people should get married between the ages of 20 and 32 if they don't want to get divorced, at least in the first five years of being married. So, yeah, uh, I am 31 turning 32 this year. So and I don't know that I'm getting hitched bet- between now and 32. So I think
0: I'm out of this bracket I'm out of the bracket, too, but they do touch on variables that affect this number range that they've given. So, you know, but I mean, yeah, I'm definitely out of the range. I mean, only by like a little.
2: Only by a little. But then also the, the study shows that it actually might be the case where you should get married between 45 and 49. Because people shouldn't make life decisions based on, you know, like... Well, we we shouldn't make decisions based on statistical analysis anyway, but people generally know themselves, have already, like, got stuff settled, like, have been over the hump. And, like, also, when you're, like, 20 and 30 and figuring yourself out, I personally think, like, it's kind of weird to make a lifelong decision when you, like, have barely experienced life.
0: Yeah, I think that in this day and age, things play into getting married later. Like, people go to college and it's, you know, different it takes a different t- amount of time to set a career. And so it pushes things back a little bit. Whereas before, you know, like the baby boomer era, it's, you know, things were happening faster. So it's all relative and people have to take that into consideration when now comparing like divorce rates and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was another study done saying that, um, you know, this, this one, uh, this, he went to university of Maryland, Philip Cohen. he, had that different set of data saying that like, yeah, you need to wait to your 45, between 45 and 49, because you're like you said, Jen, making these different life decisions. And it's you're more settled in your way. So it's just like things are happening later. And there's also a little comparison in this study, they were calling it like the Goldilocks study, because it's like, you can't be too young, and you can't be too old. There's like this one little area where it's good they're saying to get married. And of course I think that can vary a little, but for the most part, it's sort of basically going, listen, you need to wait a little bit because you're making decisions that are going to affect things long-term and those decisions don't happen until later. So you got to like match up everything.
2: It's a lot to think about and also a lot of rules to live by. So I think, you know, as we're going to get through, like into this show I think we're going to touch on age, what it actually means for people to be ready, and that that actually could be relative.
0: Yeah, it can be totally can be. But I think we're all agreeing that it's better to wait a little bit. It is, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone that got
2: married in their twenties, so it's hard for me to say whether it worked or not. But just what I hear from other yeah. people or like news on Facebook that people are getting divorced, like I'm going to be
0: proud that I'm I'm in my 30s and and figuring it out now. I mean, I know that's what definitely um, would be, would have been best for me. I have a lot of friends that were married and they're twins and fine. I mean, besides like little normal bumps in the road. Um, And some people were not. So, you know, it's a mixture, but I do have quite a bit of friends that got me. I mean, I was in like five weddings before I even got to 25, probably, or like before, definitely before I got to 30. So it was like, oh boy. And they were like close friends too, so. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all across the board on the success rate.
2: Totally. Well, guys, now we're going to fill you in on what we've been over, what been up to over this last week. So we're going to air our dirty laundry. Um, oh. Friday night, I had a magical evening. Um, it all worked you out. did. A ballet. You did. It was like our, our friendship where it's like, it just works out. Like somehow things fall into place and like, you're like, woo, what a wonderful result. So, oh, I about- went to my favorite sushi place called Sushi Fumi, and
0: that's in LA, guys, if you're not. You know even- what? Yeah. I didn't know that, Jen, and I feel embarrassed that we're, that you're my friend, Yonsei, and I did not even know your favorite sushi restaurant. Now I know. I'm going to yep. forget. I already forgot, so I'm going to have to have you remind me, but great
2: to know. You're going to ask me also, like, where you should go have sushi, and I'll probably su- suggest it because I'm Yelp, so Cool. Yeah. Um, but it's so great. I actually went twice last week and it became my favorite last week. So that's why I probably you just yet because I'm easing okay. into it. I haven't like I I'm only right now introducing it as my favorite sushi place, kind of like how you have to wait to say someone's your BFF.
0: Or like till you have to wait till your like first trimester to tell people you're pregnant. Same exactly. thing. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So I guess I went twice and now I can officially say it's my favorite. So oh, yeah, you
0: put the time in. I, I'm fine with that.
2: Yeah, I really committed one week, two times I went and so started there, went with a small group of four of us to then the Largo across the street and went to a comedy show that was very non-traditional because it was this guy, Rob Bell, who's a pastor and his best friend, Pete Holmes, who is a comedian. And they brought in a third guy whose name is, Ooh, I don't know, but I forgot, but he was amazing. I loved him so much. He was a rabbi. So the three oh. of them shot the shit about... Like spirituality and about issues that people face, and about all kinds of things, like randomly enough circumcision. We'd been talking about it at dinner, and then it came up in the show. We were like, Whoa. And that's what I mean by magical. Like, I brought it up, and then all of a sudden, it was all over the show. Everyone I was with was like, Uh, spooky. Like, what did you do? Like, how did you make the show about this topic? But, so,
0: they, but the, it was funny, though, right? Like, they were talking about serious issues, but it was funny. Yeah, it had, like, a funny spin because the
2: comedian had, like, a really funny spin about everything. And then also, like, the, they were all, like, young guys that are, like, really successful in their, like, realms. And, like, the pastor is really well-known. He's, like, Oprah's guy. And then the um, the rabbi is actually somebody I would love to go see. I need to look him up again because. Wait, did you like any of them? Like, did you want to make sex with any of them? Um, well, no, cause they're all married. Oh yeah. I was really disappointed cause I, I'm really like attracted to success and not in like a financial way, but like people that are passionate and good at what they do and can yeah. do something. I love being able to learn from someone. So I'm like fascinated by them. Um, but it was so interesting and now I subscribe, subscribe to the podcast cause I've been on this like Tony Robbins kick and now these guys were so impressive. I'm like, tell me more. So at some point, like one of them was like, all right, just drop the mic. You can go home now. Kind of like how sometimes you say that to me. And I was like, we should be doing these stage shows. We can take our pod boy age. Well, we could join Brian Howie on the great love debate. True. Which we're going to go to on August 31st. So everyone get your tickets now, but uh, then Saturday, we actually did take it to the stage, but like, not really, but we were being filmed while drinking for a new show. And like, had such a great day together, and I'm sure you'll go more into that. But then I went to a birthday, um, I danced a lot, then went to Sassafras, which is like a New Orleans style bar in Hollywood. Then drank all the vodka in the world and died on Sunday. So that hurt. Sassafras is fun. It was. Um, it was. It was a different crowd than I expected. I think you know, clubs in LA have run their course. You know that they're on that life cycle. And this might have been an off night or it's running its its cycle through. But um, we had fun because of the people we were with. And then, um, I yeah, so I died on Sunday. I was supposed to have a date Sunday night. But thankfully, um, the guy I was having a date with had to work and, like, get stuff done before Monday. So he needed to reschedule, which was perfection. Because then we went out Monday night. Had a really great time. He's got a really cool British accent. He's young, but he seems, like, ready for a relationship. Um, We talked for, like, two and a half hours straight, and it got me thinking, like, okay, this guy's 31. So I'm, like, it's, like, everything the opposite of what I've thought. Like, I always think, like, you've got to be older, and, like, that's when you're ready for a relationship. But it seems more like it's true what they say and not necessarily an excuse Seems like it is a career thing because this guy seemed like, well, all of his career stuff is in check. So, like, he, the, he's ready for the next thing. Like, he's got a house. Like, he's got a great job. Like, uh, the next obvious step is to, like, find that person. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk more to Dr. Karen about, like, what it means to be ready and, like, when that happens for people. But it really got me thinking, like, hmm, maybe I'm doing this all wrong
0: well, no, I don't know that you're doing it all wrong. I just don't think that there's like a hard and fast rule. I think that, you know, people are ready when they're ready. And that tends to just vary. But for the most part, it feels like a better decision to be dating someone who isn't 25. But you know, I mean, just because of experience and what have you, but like, yeah, I think it just, it just varies. And it's different. Um, but yeah, I went to a concert at the Hollywood Bowl on Friday night, and it's so pretty there. It was such a beautiful venue, and it's been a while since I've been there. And it was a Ben Harper show, so he's kind of Jack Johnson esque. It's not really my jam, but you know, I was with my one of my best friends and her husband that I've known forever, and I actually set them up. And then the guy that I'm dating came along, so he got to meet them, and it was fun, and we had a great time, and we were all hanging out and talking. And then like people around us were getting annoyed that we were like being wowed, which we weren't. I mean, listen, maybe we were not being silent, but like we're at an outdoor venue, we're at a concert, we're hanging out. And like this one woman turned around and was like, you're ruining my anniversary. And I was like, I, she totally killed my vibe. It kind of pissed me off. And like, it's kind of hard to get out of that. Like in that moment when you're just like, I'm having fun. I had no idea we were even being loud. And now you're just like, taking us out of it because your misery loves company like get up and move or i don't know it was just very weird and annoying um and uh then you know we had a great time jen and i on saturday shooting a show that maybe we'll get to talk about more later but it had to do with drinking in bars so obviously surprise, that's right up yeah surprise fucking surprise and what was great about it is is that it just proves like you know for all you people out there that are trying to like make things happen and like going forth with you know any like dream or idea or anything that inspires you like just keep doing it because it doesn't matter who's watching or who's not watching you just need to keep going because we get in these moments where we have like a a second to like show what we got and because we do this all the time together and we have like obviously a great relationship that's just dynamic on its own that has nothing to do with anything but the fact that we're dedicated um i think it goes to show you like with anything in life you get in the moment where it's your time to shine and it just happens and we nailed like every take we did because we are professionals and we enjoy doing it and we practice it and we bring it when it's time to be brought in It's time to be brought in. That's right. And we had to deal with the riffraff of Venice. It was like homeless people everywhere and annoying people. And we still did it. So we were happy with that. Um, And then I went to um, my guy's friend's house later that night. His friends were having a barbecue. So it was nice to like be there and be around him and his best friends and all of that so it was a fun time and then you know saw a movie with him the next night hung out with him and a couple of his friends last night too so that's been going really well um and yeah it was a fun weekend and week and looking forward to this weekend for my cousin's wedding which will be very fun yeah where is it again in denver cool so flying to denver gonna be there it's gonna be fun yeah, you're leaving me. I sorry. am. I am leaving you. I'm sorry. Sorry. All right. I will have to make do. Distance makes the heart
2: grow fonder. It's true. And, like, we're friend so it's, like, super serious. So That's I have not do that. Yeah. Um, but there is someone that has something to worry about because we're going to pack up our baggage and meet our favorite celebs in baggage claim because Luann... DeLesseps on the Real Housewives of New York City uh, is apparently going to be confronting her fiance Tom tonight on the season finale of the show over cheating photos that Bethany Frankel actually showed her. Yeah. Man, I mean, this is going to be crazy town. Are you all caught up? Finally, yes, I'm caught up, and I
0: cannot wait to see it. We're like,
2: so uh, excited. Going to be on the edge of my seat. I mean, we know that this guy doesn't have a good reputation. And then it like throughout the season, it's like the girls have sort of been like not digging for like him to fail or like to for Luann to figure it out, but like, okay, Ramona had dated this guy. Sonia had like like been his like lover. That's yeah, lover for like 10 freaking years. That's forever. And now this guy's engaged to Luann. And, like, what, does she think that he's not going to be any, like, semblance of himself in this situation, too? Like, I guess Mm -hmm. she was away for her engagement party, and, like, a photo was taken of Tom at the, I believe, Regency Hotel
0: in New York, like, with another woman. Yeah, I mean, listen, the red flags were there. Sounds like he was a player, and they all kind of knew it, and then they weren't really surprised that they had to deliver this news to her, I would do that. I would want to know and I would do it. I would I wouldn't try and like spoil somebody, but like in their like in their engagement and their love, but like if I knew that your fucking fiance cheated on you like 3 days after you got engaged, I would not want to tell you, but I would tell you.
2: Absolutely. And like Bethany's getting a lot of flack for telling Luan like on camera, but the thing is, is like the show is a reality show. Like I think part of the charm in the reason we watch is because they do go through real life things. It can't always be perfect and like shopping and this and that, and like traveling, like there are real humans that go through real things. And especially when the storyline has been about Tom this whole time, like how could she not reveal that?
0: Yeah. I just think, you know, that's what you signed up for. You're on TV and that's what you're going to do. It's like, whatever. Speaking of, uh, on TV, quickly i wish this was televised but it wasn't russell wilson and ciara apparently called off their wedding like three times before it ever happened so not what you're thinking though mindy weiss planned this wedding because duh she plans all of the celebrity weddings and apparently they were having a location issue they were going to be in north carolina but then they called it off because of the transgender bathroom laws then they were going to be in paris but it was fashion week they landed in london they finally did it there Um, They had like all the celebrities like Jennifer Hudson, Kelly Rowland, Lala Anthony was there. And apparently, according to Mindy Weiss, this dress had like a 13 foot long train and it couldn't really fit in the venue. And it was so much more beautiful in person. And she went on and on to talk about how wonderful this couple is. And it was cool to hear. Like, and I read the headline, I was like, oh, my God, they called their wedding off three times. And then you get into it to realize it was just semantics. But I'm glad they ended up together. They're very cute. So cute.
2: And sounds like they had a fairy tale wedding.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And like she looked gorge and they're just very I, I like I like that couple together for some reason. I just I don't know.
2: So do I. And in yeah. our quick time before our guest calls in, um, apparently I'm not the only one or you're not the only one on dating apps. A bunch of celebrities are, too. And I think that yeah. makes me feel better because they're just like us.
0: Yeah, there was an article um, that was published. Amy Schumer talks about how she may or may not be on Raya. And we can't really tell, but she met her boyfriend on that dating app, and they've been together for a while. Hillary Duff on Tinder. Hello, hello. Yeah. Um, what about what about Bachelor Ben? He met his girlfriend of two and a half years on a dating app as well. Um, which one was it? Tinder as well. God, Tinder. Maybe we need to get back on there. And Ryan Lochte. Hello. Hello. Yeah. That guy. Uh, he talks about Tinder, how he's, like, dating a bunch of beautiful chicks. And he's a fan of it. He talked about it on the Today Show. Yeah. He's single and also having a little bit of an issue right now. But whatevs. It's fine, Ryan we- Um But also, I've
2: seen him on there and thought it was, like, not really him. But I think Jen. Well, because, like, there could be, like, catfishing going on. But I think yeah, that – um, that uh what's it called? He they now have like this verification. Yeah, thing. they do. And so because of that, um you know, now, now you, know, you now you can be sure that a.
0: it's a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. So I like it. Well, yeah. I would have swiped right on Ryan Lochte. I mean I know he's like about as sharp as a marble, but I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think I think he is um I think he's pretty cute. And I watched his reality show, which I've admitted before. And I know that's really like dumb of me to admit, but I'm just being honest. I watched it. Oh my God. (laughs) And I kind of like him. I mean, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Bye bye. Oh, Dr. Uh Karen. We just heard her answering machine. We're trying to connect to Dr. Karen right now, guys. So we're gonna figure this all out soon. But when she calls in, I guess she'll just come into our combo. Um, I am really dying to ask Dr. Karen though, because we've talked to her a lot. If you guys have listened into the show Hello? before you've Oh, there she is. Hi, Dr. Karen. Welcome to the show. <whistles> oh, did we can lose we- her? Can we hear you, Dr. Karen? Hi. Hi. Hi
2: welcome back to the show i appreciate it oh we love talking to you
0: yes we do and we uh, (laughs) really want to pick your brain we've got some like general questions for you as always but we really want to pick your brain about dating apps since that it seems to be and i think we've touched on it before but it just seems to be like the way people are doing things now and we just we would love your opinion on it so we'll get into that and what generally do you think about dating apps
1: well, I think it's just the next step in I mean, technology has changed the way everyone relates in life, right? Um, I think obviously it was gonna spill over into the dating realm. And what I think happens and I hear from a lot of singles is they get and it's all the hit it and quit it and no one's on there to be serious, but I think it just accelerates the natural progression of things. And so in a sense like if you were with a player that you met, like, at a bar, like, in the, the old-fashioned way, you'd find out he was a player eventually, but now you're just finding out very quickly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> totally. I mean, That's a good like, point. I would say, like, I'm having a really hard time, like, I'll write someone, or, like, the conversation will start, and then it just drops off. Like, it just dies. Because there's, I think maybe people, like, have ADD or something, and they're talking to so many people, they, like, forget who they were talking to last, and, like it's really hard to um, either dive deep or like take it to off the app. What do you think the keys are to success in finding love like via these dating
1: apps? I think you just have to have a lot of patience because you're so right. That is happening all the time. And it is because I think people are spinning a lot of plates (laughs) because there's a lot of options out there and something that we talk about, you know, I'm uh, I'm connected with the great love debate this year and uh, Brian talks about it a lot as well is that people get the sense that there are just so many options out there that they really, like you said, they can't just really kind of focus in and dig deep with one relationship. And I think that's certainly a reality. But, again, I suggest that, hey, you know, it only takes one to be the one. The problem is it's almost like, like, I think in, the, in days gone by where you didn't have Tinder available and Bumble available, you would basically have dry spells. Right? Because nothing was going Mm -hmm. on. You hadn't met anyone that was decent and no one was worth kind of pursuing and no one that you were connecting with was um, wanting to take things to the next level or you weren't wanting to take things to the next level with anyone you met. And so you just would have dry spells. Well, now people don't have dry spells because you don't have to have a dry spell. There's always someone just like at your fingertips, literally, with your app. So you just have to have patience and really have thick skin too because it takes a lot of these experiences as a rejection.
0: And that can be hurtful. so You have to really watch yourself in that realm. That is a really good point. I think that people do use dating apps for dry spell fillers. And so I think that is why sometimes people go on the dating apps like Jen or I who have the intention of something else. We may be matching up with people who are trying to fulfill a dry spell. And then that's why it never turns into anything because their intentions are not really there. So that actually is a good point. And I mean, I know I've gone on there before when I'm like bored. I'm like, oh, right. uh, You know, I'm looking for a date. Like it Mm -hmm. feels kind of like a dry spell, you know, that you're trying to fill that void with. So yeah.
2: Like online shopping, like, all right, who's going to
1: entertain me next? Or like, who should I try out? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And And like, like you guys are saying, I think the challenge is, is to not get so frustrated and sometimes so hurt that you become bitter. Because that's, I mean, we've seen that. So many women, especially, I think, because well, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought this through as to why it seems like women get a little bit more bitter than, I don't know, maybe that's not true. Guys can get bitter, too. But, I mean, it's really we want to be careful that we don't, if we're finding ourselves getting bitter, then mm-hmm. just leave it alone for a while. And sometimes it's okay to have a dry spell, but because, again, technology is just so accessible, and you're right, like online shopping, just like spilling time we don't want to do that with people's lives. And and sometimes we don't, It's not. I don't think people are intentionally like, I'm going to go because I'm going to drive spell. I'm going to go hurt
0: somebody now. I mean, right. Do that,
1: yeah. But that's what happens because they're not really yeah. ready to kind of
0: drive spell face. Well, yeah, they're just thinking about themselves in the moment. And so it ends up kind of just being about them and what they want. And it's not like the smartest decision to be like trying to encounter or have an encounter with someone, even if it's just for like a, you know general sort of let's hang out one night or whatever they're looking to do but yeah I I think I
2: know people that like if they're dating someone and then it's not going well like they'll use dating apps as like a crutch because they'll just be like well I know that I can go match with other people and it like is more of like an ego boost than something they actually want to use as a tool to find love
1: that is a really good point too and that's just reckless, isn't it? Because, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, people do that with or without the app, just using people to make themselves feel better. And that's, I mean, one of the things I encourage singles, too, is it's not, I mean, dating shouldn't be to prop yourself up, like you're saying, to make yourself feel better about yourself or your life or anything. That's your job to do on a mm-hmm. daily basis. And yeah. the dating should be just the 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 search, I mean, to my mind it shouldn't be reckless. It really should be intentional. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm really looking for a life partner. And I mean, yeah, and recreational dating has its place, but I think there's a point where people can get hurt and get caught up in the crossfire, so to speak. And, and that's not very kind. And, and again, I don't think people are always coming at this with with horrible intentions or they're evil or maniacal. It's just <laughs> you get hurt in the midst of things like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's, you do, you're right, you do have to have a thick skin for stuff like that, because you just don't know why people are doing what they're doing, where they're coming from, what their intentions are, what they're looking for, so you have to really be confident, like, in you and what you want, and if you're going into being on a dating app, I think you got to know, like, where, why am I here, and... I have no idea what's coming my way, but you got to be clear about your intentions. And then I think other people's ideals and intentions that reflect onto you, it's not going to affect you as much. It helps you with that thick skin because you're like, listen, that's fine if that's where you're at. That's not where I'm at. Got to go.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so hard to do because even when we're trying to be very self-aware and introspective, we don't always know our own intentions. We might think we're ready, you know, maybe after a breakup, we We've taken some time and we're ready to get back on the scene, and we may not be ready. And that's one of the reasons I have a problem with Um, a lot of, like, dating coaches want you to, like, you know, get this information from your date within the first two, three dates because if you don't find out where they are, then you're you're wasting your time, you're wasting their time. And I just think, gosh, you know, that's really assuming that people are very, very self-aware. And I don't think we always are. And sometimes, I mean, people surprise each other, right? You might think, you know, I, I mean, I've been, I was on dates sometimes with someone in the first couple of days. I'm like, eh. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I'm thinking, I don't know. I think this is something that really could go somewhere. So I think mm-hmm. we really have to just kind of just give people permission and ourselves to be flawed and to be human. But like you're saying, make sure that you recognize whether or not your skin is thick enough at that per- particular moment to really embark upon a relationship whether it's a couple dates or a couple months or a
0: couple years yeah
2: yeah hmm. um do you yeah. have a particular dating app that you think is better than another like whether it's the reputation or how it functions
1: yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm well versed with them just from the singles I talked to. But I got married in 2012, and I think Tinder started blowing up about like that time. So I never used them. So it's one of those things where I don't know if any seem to be better than others. I mean, I like the idea of Bumble and that women are in, in charge. And but I don't know. Like my friends that are on them, they don't they don't seem to have a preference. They sometimes, I, you know, I think honestly, my friends get frustrated and feel like it's all just a just a game. And I don't think it is because I know people, for example, my stepson has been dating a girl for like two, three years that he met on Tinder. So I know that it is a vehicle that can lead to a really strong, solid, real relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my brother is dating a girl that he was with, or he has been with for like a year, and um, they met on Tinder, and I have a really good girlfriend that is engaged to a guy that she met on Tinder. So I think, you know, it's less about the dating app and more like about what we're going back, what we were talking about before, more about where you're at, what your intentions are, and if you happen to meet at a bar or on a dating app, that synergy or whatever happens dance just is what ends up making it work and less about like maybe the actual app itself. For sure. Yeah. And I think that you just
1: have to, like we've been saying, just prepare yourself. And one of the things that I think that happens a lot is that people don't fully like they're just, they're there and they have, like we were talking about earlier, Like, I got to ask all these questions. I got to figure out what's going on with this person. As if we could totally control whether or not we get hurt, right? Like, if I can figure out this guy's a player in the first two dates, then I won't get hurt. And we have to just Mm -hmm. recognize that
0: that's just part of dating, and we can't control that element of it. And that's hard because we want to control. Oh my yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree to that. I think you got to, like, give it a second before you can say, you know, I mean, that's actually something that we talk about a lot and a question that we have for you. But I think you do need to give it a second before you make a judgment call on somebody. Now, what is the difference or where is the line between trusting your gut or, like, judging somebody? And you know what I'm saying? Like, you're listening to your gut. But also, are you prejudging somebody before you even know? Because sometimes you get a gut feeling and you're like, why am I getting this gut feeling about this person? I don't actually know. So how do you like differentiate between that?
2: Yeah, like how know. do you judge your gut and that like that they, this person is actually a player versus just like, oh, maybe that's like a stereotype that that person's feeling.
1: I know. And I, I want to say, oh, my gosh, like I just. It seems like so often in my life, I did that exactly what you guys are talking about. I was like, okay, you know, Karen, you're judging someone. Like, give them a second. Like, I don't know. You don't have any evidence for this. But then, like, a couple of weeks later, you're like, yep, I was right all wrong. <laughs> <God>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even when we don't have evidence, and there's some research that supports especially this is kind of interesting with women that we have a connected connectivity between the two hemispheres of our brain that gives us messages that guys don't receive so that you know the left and the right the left is like the analytical and the right is the more intuitive portions of our brain and that we are because we have um a, a bigger corpus callosum, which is the part that is um, connecting the two. And so that we may be getting messages, that we really don't know why. Like the analytical part can't tell us why, but the intuitive part is telling the analytical part there's something off here. And I don't, I mean, that, that research is not like hundred percent proven, but there's some research that suggests that. So sometimes that whole women's intuition is something that we really need to pay attention to. Now, I always okay. suggest, I was always a fan of like always give it a second date. Because that first impression may not be spot on because someone's nervous or you you just, to my mind, you just want to give people a chance. But then, as you guys know, I called off a wedding when I was 34 and two months out, my gut was telling me a million, million (laughs) things that this was not supposed to be the, the, the man for me. And on paper... And analytically, there was no good reason, but I just had to trust my gut. So I'm ultimately a fan of trusting your gut. Right. Yeah, I
0: think trusting
2: your
1: gut is huge. How do you know, sorry to to
2: interrupt, but um, how do you know when it's your gut and not just your fears?
1: See, and that's such a good question, too. And then people ask me uh, like a similar question. Well, what if you're screwed up and your gut's not giving you good information? Right? Like, what if you're emotionally unhealthy? Or you know you went you had a crappy childhood and so uh, you're, you're getting information and your gut is off and, and that's very valid and or like you're saying fear and so to my mind again you need to be doing your work which sounds it, work isn't even a good way of putting it I mean just the more that you are evolving and developing yourself to where you can trust yourself more and that might include therapy that might include self help books that might include conversations with friends you trust that they will help you kind of sort through. Those, yeah, what, okay. What part of this really is my gut that I really need to pay attention to, and what part of this may be just like a residual fear because my dad was a no good guy, and so now I don't know if I can
0: sort through who's a good guy, who's a bad guy kind of thing. Yeah, I have a, a, a couple girlfriends that I feel like they they it's almost like yeah okay you can have your gut and you can tell yourself all along like this is my gut feeling telling me this but then you got to recognize at some point that if you are going on dates with guys and every single guy is a dick or a cheater or a player or a whatever it's like okay okay Mm, are you like manifesting that self and then putting, like <laughs> projecting that onto people and then giving them that title? Because also, we also need to remember this too. These guys that we are going on dates with in the first, second, even third date they are probably dating other people and there's nothing wrong with that. And that doesn't make them a player and that doesn't make them bad or a dick or slimy. It's like, they're not going to treat you like a princess or like your girlfriend until you get to that point. Now, should they be mistreating you or disrespecting you? No, but you've got to keep that balance in that realistic, um, you know, it, idea of what's really happening without then passing judgment on a guy that might just be a fear and not your gut. Like you can't just say, Oh, well it's my gut. And I was right because you might be right. That guy might be dating other people, but that's doesn't mean he's slimy. You know,
2: it's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all that. I actually think the dating apps kind of like take away that, like, fear that somebody's a player because ultimately everyone on dating apps is because you know everyone is talking to more than one person. That's just the nature of the app and, like, swiping. Like, any given point, someone could go on a date, go home, and continue swiping. You have no control over that. So I think actually relinquishing that control and, like, knowing that that's, like, the giant elephant in the room kind of is, like, leaving. Like, everyone is doing the
1: same thing. Exactly. Agreed. I agreed, agreed, agreed. Because first of all, you're, to your point, whoever and, and whatever anyone is doing outside of that moment that you're on a date in the first couple months until you've had that conversation, which I know sounds hokey, but you have to have the talk or, oh, that's none of your business. You don't well, own that. Like, you're having, like, a two-hour dinner with them, and then whatever they do is none of your business. And so you're right. Sometimes people, especially this is, um, I see this with divorced people or people who have been in very, very long-term relationships, and then they're back on the scene, and they have a very weird notion of, like, well, he didn't do this, and he didn't do that. And it's like, well, he's not your husband. Of course he didn't mm-hmm. do any of that. hmm Yeah, or they feel guilty. Like, I went on a date. I went on three dates with this guy, and then... I, someone else asked me out and I wanted to go out with him but I felt like I was cheating on them and, think, and, I, and I tell them you're not cheating on them this is just a relic of the fact that you were in a long term relationship for a long time and so yeah, yeah. so to my mind a player like you're right I mean a player isn't someone who's dating multiple people that's his business or her business and that's not a problem I guess to my mind as a player is someone who's actively trying to be on the sneak like having conversations like I love you and I want to be exclusive with you and then having that with multiple people or right Right. That's what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, it's it's a complex world, but it also, I do believe that as long as you are still trying, like I said, trying to know yourself well enough to know what you're looking for, that, I mean, there are still people, and like we've talked about even a few minutes ago, there are people who are finding love even in this modern era.
2: Yeah. I mean, so we talked about, like, Bumble being one of the ones that, like, you have heard is a better one because the women get to make the first move. And I think it's just, like, you know, distinguishing, like, responsibility so no one's confused. Like, okay, we know the girl has to write the guy first. Now, that being said, what, like, while swiping right and matching with all these people and trying to, like, get through, like... The noise, like what might be some good questions to ask while chatting so that you know if you actually want to go out with the person or like, uh, you know, kind of like getting out of small talk because so many people will write like, how are you? Well, who are you anyway? <laughs> and why do
0: I care? Yeah, how like what's an effective way to like vet the person the best way you can before actually meeting them?
1: Yeah, and I think that's tough. I mean, there's, you know, lots of little like gimmicky things. People try to let's be clever, let's be quirky so that we stand out, let's, you know, ask that question. But that makes you, again, like stand out from the crowd. But, I, I mean, I don't know if you really can vet before you sit down face-to-face. I mean, don't you think there's something about just that chemistry of actually face-to-face interaction and laying eyes on someone where you start to really get to see the nuance that, that's reading between the lines? So yeah. I, 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 Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, like the, hey... How are you? I mean, that, that's not, that's not getting anyone anywhere. But no. again, I, I was saying even earlier in our conversation, I think that even the first couple months of dating, like, like ask all the questions you want. But I mean, I'm more of a fan of just watching people. You know, kind of my buddy in college used to say, turn down the volume and just watch what's going on because, I mean, it's such a cliche, but talk is cheap. And I just want to see how someone interacts. You got to see people in different contexts, right? You got to see, you got to see how he handles you know, road rage. You got to see yeah. how, supposed, you know, hey, you know, you guys are supposed to go out to this really fun party, but then it's your nephew's birthday, and oops, you really want to go to the nephew's birthday, and what, how does he handle that? And and does he pout, or does he hold you I mean, all this stuff, because people love to be like, and then I told him on my first date this and that and the other. It's like, well, that's interesting, but, I mean, what does that mean, really? Because people say a lot of things about themselves and who they are that when you watch it, it's
0: not accurate. I mean, you're totally right. Actions speak louder than words. And I actually saw that displayed uh, to me, you know, when I met the guy that I am dating now. I I feel like uh, I, he didn't, he may, we may have been in different places. Um, He was out of a serious relationship and I was out of a relationship, not as serious. So I became ready a little faster and easier, but This is where it all ties back to what we were just talking about. I trusted my gut after letting things play out and things moved very slowly. And I trusted my gut that this guy had integrity and that he would not be continuing to date me, even if he may have been on a different uh, in a different place. I knew that he if I told him how I felt, which was like a big leap of faith, that he would not continue to date me if he didn't intend to take it somewhere nobody can predict the future but I for like I felt like I knew I could trust my gut that this guy was had good intentions and had integrity and was honest and I was right and I stuck through it and you know trusted my gut and let him show me he never ever was like very outwardly vocal about like um when I would tell him how I felt he would listen to me And, like, take it in. And he wouldn't be silent, but he would say anything that he felt like he could to, like, sort of reassure me. But, you know, he was where he was and I was where I was at. And then I would start to see every single time, like, his actions would speak louder than his words. Then he would start making more dates with me or spending more time with me or introduce me to his daughter or uh, his friends and things like that. So it became a very, very real, like, the reality of actions speak louder than words became very real when I met him.
1: And good for you for just sitting in that tension because that's so hard. And what I see a lot of mm-hmm. people doing is not having the patience they're in, right? Because they're going, if I don't get exactly the same amount of intensity back from him right now, I'm out. Because it's too mm-hmm. threatening and too risky for me to keep going and let him kind of catch up. You know, Because any relationship, there's going to be those like fits and starts in the first couple months where you're not going to be quite on the same page. Sure. And it sounds like you had the, the... I mean, good for you for being able to have the wherewithal to just sit with that tension. Did you end up even saying like that you
0: wanted to be exclusive before he did? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think he... I didn't really have to say it. And to go back for a second, Dr. Karen, it was scary as hell. Like, I had my yeah. moments where I was like, I am fucking terrified right now. Like, I yeah. really like this guy. And I'm like, I hope at some point he like, and it's not for reciprocity sake at all, but I hope at some point he realizes how terrifying this was for me. And maybe when he catches up or at some point he might go, Oh God. Yeah. And I think he does realize, and I have told him that. And just, just to understand that sometimes I might have my moment. It's not like a weird jealousy thing. It's just like, I might have a moment where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm scared. And I know you're not where I'm at and it's okay, but just know that I'm scared. Um, and I did, we have had conversations about like where we're at, what we're doing who are we to each other and it seems like ancillary titles and stuff like that but we are like i mean he has said to me like i'm 110 committed to you and i want to see where this is going and all of that but it, we never really sat down and was like i'm your boyfriend you're my girlfriend like you know um just because i don't know that we really need to again it's like actions he has a daughter yeah. as well so like being around his daughter and inter- him and I know how special that is to him. Some people introduce their significant others to children right away. Like I knew that when that happened, that that was him showing me that I, what I meant to him. So things like that have gone on and, and yes, we have talked about exclusivity and if we're sleeping with other people and that we're just with each other. So that has happened, but it wasn't quite as like black and white as one might think. So,
2: Dr. Karen what do you think it takes actually for somebody to be ready for a relationship like so many times people say you know I I can't be in a serious relationship yet because of x y and z you know usually for a guy they say their career to be in order or you know whatever it is like what do you think it means to be ready like in this case Lauren's guy sounds like you know now like he's ready but like Or he's getting ready or he's on the path to being ready because he's showing certain traits and and listening and and taking into effect what Lauren says. Now, like, what about other people? What does it mean for them to be ready? When are they ready?
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. Traditionally, for men, no matter what they say, that they really aren't ready until they've got – some traction in their career for sure. And even if they've had like girlfriends in college and girlfriends right after college, it tends to be that they don't. And I, again, I hate to do this gender stereotyping, but sometimes there's just some truth to it. It seems from yeah. my experience or, and from people I've talked to that when they feel like they're a man, like I gave uh-huh. a guy in my thirties and he was, um, still trying to become a filmmaker and he was still like, you know, waiting tables and, and that's all fine. Except the problem that wasn't fine was that even though we were very much in love, there was an element that he wasn't ready because he's like, I mean, he literally said to me one time, he's like, you have your PhD. I still need to get my career grounded before I'm going to be a hundred percent ready to go into a truly, you know, intimate relationship in terms of, you know, one that would last. Yeah. And so I think you're right for, for guys. It's that, that career piece. And, but I think for most, for everyone else, i really, What I see a lot, and again, the stats, and I know we've talked about this before because it's something I put in my book, the stats show that the older you are at the age of first marriage, the less likely you are to divorce. And what's that about? I mean, it's pretty basic, really. And that's not actually, I just found out, I was listening to anthropologist Helen Fisher, who's been studying love and mating and dating for like 45 years. And she says that that stat holds true in 80 societies worldwide. So So it's probably part of the human condition if we see it. If, if you see it playing out in 80 cultures. And so what, what is, that is, it's just people, the more we know ourselves, the more that we are ready to recognize that a relationship, like we talked about earlier, doesn't define you, it doesn't make you happy, that's your job, it doesn't fulfill you, that's your job. And so that the person who has, got, has, has stepped into that level of maturity is now way better prepared. And they may not consciously know all this, but if they've developed to that degree where they're not looking for you complete me kind of stuff, then they are ready. And again, like we talked about throughout the conversation, that that takes just doing your introspection and and reading your books and, and doing your therapy or whatever the case may be. But I so I would be worried, first of all, if someone's too young. I mean, that's just you know, it's not their fault, they're young, but i I would just if you're looking for someone who is ready, so I wouldn't go for someone super young, I wouldn't go for someone who you see who you've seen a pattern of like has to always be in a relationship, never can take that that time off to just be and sit with themselves and be okay alone. I would look for someone, if it's a guy, I would definitely look for someone who's feeling some confidence in his career, because he's probably yeah. more ready than intimacy. Um, and for a woman, again, I would look for someone who wasn't uh, so tied to, i got to have this guy, because that's my identity. Well, first I dated the, the quarterback in high school, then I dated the wide receiver in college, and then I dated the you know guy who was on, on track to become the partner at the firm, you know, that kind of yeah. That kind of- kind of stuff is going to be a red flag for a guy as well because then he's she's just looking to fill
0: the next void in her identity with you sure sure yeah that makes total sense that is amazing advice love yep. that and before we wrap up dr karen what is next for you where can we people hear more about you or are you doing great love debate yeah so we actually tonight have our final chicago show and,
1: yeah, so I'm doing that. And I'm hoping to, Ryan's still finalizing the details, uh, join them in New York in October. Um, I'm actually going to do some uh, other appearances out in New York with um, some stuff. I'm, I'm writing for eHarmony uh, UK. So um, <gasps> How exciting. I, yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, kick off to go to London at some point. We haven't uh, finalized the dates on that. But, yeah, that's what I'm about. I'm doing a lot of writing, doing um, – A lot of hoping to do um, lots of appearances and so forth, but um, also just uh, working on my next book, too, because I really need to have a resource for (laughs) folks who are engaged and in the wrong uh, relationship, because that is something that is not really available, and we talked about that a little bit before, but...
0: Yeah, that's and you know book. all about that. You need to dish on that for sure. So, just remind people really quick where they can find your first book, and then I'm sure your next book will be there as well. So, where can everyone find that?
1: So, single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right, and that's um, available on, uh, on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com, and also, uh, of course, on my website, Dr. Karen D R K A R I N dot me. And um, I'm on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson, and I'm on Instagram at Dr. Karen, of course, with an I. So, yeah, so I'd love for people to reach out to me and, um, yeah, and
0: give these kinds of conversations. Oh, my gosh. So thank you so much for calling in, Dr. Karen, and we are excited for your next book. Oh, my goodness. Can't I love to what it. you're writing about. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being on the show again anytime. I really love
1: talking with you ladies. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Karen. You're welcome.
2: Bye
1: bye bye.
0: Oh, I so love great, Karen. She's the best. Well, thank so glad she called in, and thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to tune in to "It's Complicated" next week. We've got a, d- a guest coming in for you, and follow us on all the socials, social media, YouTube. We've got two drunk girls videos coming out, so make sure you look for those too.
2: Yep, and guys, also we deliver this content free to you every week and we know that not only do you have this show to listen to you have any number of other shows as well so we are very grateful to you for coming back every
0: week to listen to ours yes and we love hearing from you so keep the itunes comments and ratings coming and tell a friend please so don't forget to subscribe to our itunes podcast and jen where can everyone find you um, you guys can find me at
2: Jennifer Golden. That's Jennifer with one N Golden on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and my <gasps> website. I. Know.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, you can and what follow about you, Lauren. You can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on Twitter, Facebook, Vine, which I'm never on. Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, which I'm also never on, and my website. Oh, like what I did there with the little mix-up, Jen.
2: I liked it a lot. Way to
0: improv us. Mm-hmm.
2: We did it. All right, guys. We will talk to you next
0: week. Love you long time. Bye.
2: You're listening to
1: It's Complicated with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli, only on L.A. Talk Radio.